Hey guys, my name is Nadjalina. Welcome to the first episode of my podcast. I wanted this podcast to be supernatural, which is me taking a stroll through the park and not really doing this in the typical way that you see podcasts being performed, like in a professional studio with all this bougie bourgeoisie equipment and cameras because they're filming a YouTube video while they're doing the podcast. And I think that's awesome. But realistically, when I listen to a podcast, I just kind of want to have a conversation with a friend. Like, I really enjoy um, Proko, the podcast channel where they talk about art and they talk about their experiences of art and how they've kind of journeyed through art and what they've learned about it. But the thing with them is that they're already at this professional kind of stage. And really, I wanted someone to see me working from the ground up because I'm someone who's hit rock bottom. You know, I've been to the depths of the depths of sadness in my depression. And I've made a YouTube video about that in the past. You don't want to see that YouTube video because it's really sad and really, like, uncomfortable to watch. And the thing is, I kind of like making people a bit uncomfortable sometimes because I feel like through that discomfort and through challenging ourselves emotionally, that's how we really learn. And in this podcast, I was interested in showing you all the different ways that I've kind of overcome the challenges in life certain challenges in life because I haven't overcome every challenge in life. So the initial thing for me was just finding a passion in life and that was really difficult for me. Some people assume that when you're an artist you just wanted to be an artist for your whole life like when you were a kid you're always drawing but that wasn't me. I always had friends who were really creative and they would be drawing all the time and I would be sitting there writing these really shitty journals because I didn't see myself as someone who had the ability to draw. I always thought that when I drew, I had to draw from the imagination exactly, exact the exact image that I saw in my imagination. And when I thought about it, I was thinking, if I want to draw an exact image, why don't I just have the image in front of me? Why don't I just draw observationally? And observation became so important to me because I saw the potential in being able to see something observationally and abstract and change it and stylize it and make it my own and make it something imaginative, even though it comes from something from reality. And I think that lens that you have when you're creating is the most important aspect of creativity because the way you perceive something is something so unique and something that no one else can copy and replicate. So before I start this walk down the canal and into the park, I might call this walks with Nadia. (laughs) I'm joking, that's so cheesy. But before I started this walk, I decided to get out my journal and make a little entry about what my mission statement was. And I don't mean like an artist statement, I just mean my mission statement for life. Because I'm at that point 
where I really haven't figured out my voice. And I think through that process, in like five seconds, I figured out why I want to do what I want to do. And let me break it down for you. What I do when I create an idea of why I want to do something is I break it into the five whys. So the first why would be why you want to do that thing. And I feel like that's not deep enough. You kind of hit it at a superficial level when you first say what you want to do and why you want to do it. And I think that's why a lot of people break off from what they want to do because they don't have that strong why. So people are always talking about this strong why motivational speaks, but what is that really? I mean that why is what's going to keep you going. And when you take a look at it, you can say, I want to lose weight. Why? And then it's going to get really deep from there. Because I feel like I look fat. And when I look in the mirror, I feel very unhappy with the way that I look. Why? Because the perception in society tells us that we have to look a certain way in order to not feel fat. Why? Because being fat feels like it's unhealthy. Why? And then the last why usually becomes really meaningful to you. It could be something like, yes, putting on weight is quite unhealthy, but also society's perception is quite unhealthy. And I don't think I should go by what society says and I should make my own path in life. Or it could be something like, yes, it is unhealthy. I realise I'm not getting all the nutrients that my body needs. And maybe losing weight would be something that would help me in that path to the journey. But the important thing about the whys is not to be told what your why is. It has to be quite different for different people. And I find my why for losing weight is quite stronger than that. So at the moment, losing weight is something on one of my top priorities. But also, I find that with art, it's the same. We have to have a why at the beginning of what we do. And in everything that we do, it's quite important to write it down first as well, because when we write it down, we're making it official. It's almost like this agreement between ourselves, like a contract. And that contract is binding you to what you want to do. So you write your reasons why, you write your goal, your mission statement, and then you start. And I think that's what a lot of people find quite difficult is the starting point because our starting points are difficult when you have external factors in the way. I know a lot of people want to do their job but they have full-time jobs on the side and they're like how do I do this when I have kids and the lucky thing about me is that I don't have kids because kids can be a little bit of a liability and I'm not being harsh here but it can be a bit of a liability when you're young because you need to take care of them they're basically in financial terms they're a bit of an asset but then I've also met some people who have kids and they still want to pursue their passion and I think it's something that they could totally do it's something you can do alongside with your kids and you could not I'm not going to say that you should pursue your passion through them because that's 100% wrong. But then if your kids 
want to write or something you can teach them a little bit and through that way you're learning yourself how to do it so telling your kids stories at night just you need to think outside of the box when it comes to situations like that because if you're passionate about something and if you want to turn into habit something that you need to ingrain into yourself for me when I think about art it's so ingrained into me that I get a little anxious and a little bit angsty when I don't do art because it's become so natural to me to have like at least two hours a day at least I mean maximum I can spend on art is about eight hours but that's not a typical day like we don't have eight hours to sit and do the thing that we enjoy you know but around university and around everything that I have to do will not have to do but everything that I feel like I need to do to make myself feel secure I can still do some art on the side even if a deadline's coming like I have a deadline right now for university and I know university is very small compared to a full-time job but it's still something that we're dependent on to get income eventually so I have a deadline coming up for art but I'm still putting about 50% of my time putting listings up on Etsy, 25% of my time on art, and then 25% on university. Like the thing that we're dependent on for income doesn't have to take 100% of our time because a financial opportunity can come from what you're passionate about and what your hobby is, but you need to think more long-term about it. I think we need to think of our finances more of something that comes naturally from a hobby rather than something that should be forced out of a hobby. And when you're thinking of, oh, this is providing me more income at the moment, maybe I should stick it out with that. No, like put in like 25% <laughs> into that thing that is providing you income like maybe go do a nine to five get a regular boring kind of job and use that flexibility to spend more time to think creatively on your pursuit so you have that like job like as a waitress or whatever I don't think that's a typical boring nine to five, but it's more like a flexible nine to five. But you have that typical job. And then on the side, you're 100% going for your creative pursuit. Now, I'm not saying that I'm one person to have ever pursued a nine to five full time. But just saying from my perspective, if you're going to go for that, it's something that can become quite addictive when you become dependent on the money because you get into what they call the rat race is where you start spending a certain amount of income on your car and all these luxurious goods that you bought and then you're basically dependent on that job to provide all that money for what you've manifested and that kind of sucks. You need to first deal with your finances and how you handle finances and think of it not in terms of I want to be rich, but think of it more in terms of 
I want to be wealthy and healthy. <laughs> I don't want to be a rich bitch, you know. The way I came across this idea of wealthiness is through reading this book about the subconscious. And I find the theories on the subconscious and manifesting things through just desiring it and envisioning it a bit stupid. <laughs> like we have to actually go out and make an impact and do the work behind it and just thinking about it isn't going to bring you anywhere but there's a 50 50 percent where I agree 100 percent on what they're saying that didn't make any sense <laughs> there's a 50 50 percent case where I believe some of what they're saying <laughs> and what I agree with is the fact that we can tell ourselves I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m and tell ourselves that with assured assuredness and actually get up at 6am without an alarm clock. Like that's happened to me. I've told myself I will get up at 5.30 and now without an alarm clock, I get up at 5.30. And I think the way that our mind works is so amazing. So there is something in the subconscious and there's loads of evidence to it. we can kind of program ourselves to think in a certain way so even if we're not necessarily there yet we can still have a perception of ourselves where we start to believe those things so it's really good if you have a low self-esteem to read those kind of books and to listen to those kind of books if you have a high self-esteem don't read that <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> no you can read it too but I think someone with a low self-esteem can really benefit from um, trying to change the way that they think into a more positive way that reinforces more of what the world thinks of them rather than thinking sad thoughts about. Rather than thinking sad thoughts that are untrue, you know, there's this poet that I really like called INQ Life or Ink Life. I'm not sure which one it is because I've only ever read it. And... He says that we find the evidence for what we want to believe and we can find the evidence that tells us that we're untalented as artists or that we're untalented as creatives if that's what we choose to believe. So if I sit here and I tell myself that I'm worthless, I'm pathetic, that I don't deserve to be an artist, I will go and find the evidence that my art is shit and... I don't necessarily think that's true. <laughs> My art isn't shit, it's good. <laughs> but actually, if we go and tell ourselves I'm worth something, people deserve to see my art, we will find the evidence for that. We will create art that's worthwhile because we have that perception that we need to create art that's worthwhile. So it kind of goes back to that why and why we do what we do, because we ultimately need to fresh our minds sometimes and remind ourselves why we're doing what we do. When I first started art, it was in A-levels when I was about 16 years old. I was listening to Will Smith's Motivational 
video every single day about how we have to build each brick one by one to build a wall. <laughs> I don't remember it now because it's been so long, but I remember listening to it and knowing it kind of inside out. And that's the thing, we kind of have to listen to the voices and messages and read the books that we want to read to get that voice. We need to surround ourselves by good pe- with good people because those good people are going to be the people who shape our ideas. And as much as we like to think that we're free entities and that everything is ourselves and everything is coming organically, it's not like we're shaped of what the world puts into us and we're perceived by what we put out. So that's the kind of scary thing as well about being perceived by what we put out because we really need to pay attention to when we create something that's what goes out into the world and that's what the world envisions us as so if all we're creating is negativity and I don't mean like negativity is in being sad all the time I mean negativity is in that kind of poisonous negativity where you're being harsh to other people and saying certain things that people don't like that's all the world's ever going to perceive of you even if you're actually a really nice person inside I don't know how you could be a nice person inside if you're being poisonous to everyone but but that's what I mean right that's the way the world perceives you so even if you think nice things from when you're young if you surround yourself by bad people you're eventually going to start thinking those bad things and then you'll start putting those bad things into the world unless you're obviously reading outside of what they're saying and you're looking at books that kind of tell you to be a nice person and stuff like that you know but for the most part most people are bad natured if they surround themselves by bad natured people we're a product of our environment and there is an extent to which the way that we are naturally plays into it but I think that natural state like having a talent for example a talent to be a good person a talent to create a talent to do art really well that's only half the story the other half is actually finding the skills that we need to make people believe the make people have evidence for what they choose to believe you know am I making any sense (laughs) I think I'm making a bit of sense so now you've quit your regular job for boring nine to five you've written your mission statement you found your why and you're believing that you can do it but then you're sitting there and nothing is happening there's no progress I feel like that state always happens when it gets to the marketing point when you've created a really good book or you've created a really good art piece and you feel like no one's finding it because again you're not talented (laughs) no I'm joking I think you're very talented (laughs) so 
the problem here is that a lot of people get stuck to the point where they have to deal with the other shit that comes with going for your creative pursuit because when it comes to marketing and business it's not everyone's cup of tea like I don't want to be a marketing person I don't want to be a business person I don't enjoy it but I really enjoy the art and I think for the art I can deal with like putting myself out there everywhere because I'm a really shy person and just being a shy person doesn't mean that I have to stop my face from being seen and hide myself under a sheet so I think when marketing is something that takes time and probably more time than the actual getting to a decent state where people are willing to buy the work so it's more about finding the right people to come to you because I've realized that when I sell my art people don't really care about the price of the art people will buy things from you when they believe that it has value you when it when the story speaks to them and when it connects to them they will buy it from you no matter what the price is they will try to afford it if they really love that art piece so I think the important thing isn't like knocking down your prices and like trying to appeal to a mass market I think the thing is finding that select few people who really enjoy what you do and really resonate with you and I think it's really hard to find that select group of people but it's way more important to have five people who you really resonate with and who really love your work and can talk about it and who you can feel like you're growing the community with rather than having like millions of people they say you need about a thousand people who really follow you and respect you and all your fan base rather than having like a hundred thousand so if you can find yourself i'm not saying like a thousand followers on instagram that's a bit bullshit but a thousand people who really resonate with your work i think so far when i look at it and i make the count I could probably find about three people who I feel like they really resonate with my work and really enjoy it. And those aren't people who can afford to buy art. So that kind of sucks a little bit, but I feel like it's something that grows with time and something that I can be willing to be patient for. And I think just nurturing those people and making sure that they're happy and making sure that they are they are always seeing your progress and always seeing you develop because you don't want to let those people down you want them to um find joy in your work and just speaking to that small group of people is so much more valuable than talking to a bunch of walls talking to a gallery space you know (laughs) um with a bunch of white walls and you're not really connecting to anyone but maybe like if you have a wider audience like a lot of people um and a lot of art that has eyes on it you can maybe find more potential clients but that's not necessarily the case like you can find more clients but are you really going to be satisfied talking to those people 
are you really gonna have a connection with them and is that important to you because that's something that you need to figure out first is it important for you to have a connection with your audience because if it's not then what's the point of going and pursuing a passion if you're not wanting to have an audience that you resonate with and a community that have the same voice as you it's almost like finding yourself a new family that's how I perceive it like when I'm going out and I'm creating my art and people resonate with it I feel like I can connect to them on a spiritual level (laughs) because they really get where I'm coming from they have good intentions for me and they want to see me thrive and I think that's such a rare quality because not a lot of people in this world want to see other people thrive they want to see themselves um, thriving and they want to belittle other people and I'm not saying that from like a venomous kind of point of view I'm saying that from experience and I'm saying that from um, truth so I'm not trying to make you feel kind of bad here but I'm just saying like honestly a lot of people are going to put you down when you're trying to create something a lot of people are going to tell you that your work is shit when it's good a lot of people I've even had someone <laughs> put sweet wrappers on a finished artwork um, because they were like I don't know why but I've had that before and people get jealous people get angry when you're doing well or not even when you're doing well sometimes you're doing a bit shit like that art piece wasn't my best but when you're doing a bit shit and you feel like you're doing well that's the time when they will put you down because they will think that you don't deserve to feel the way that you do so to get beyond that we just need to find ourselves a little community that respect us and when we find that no matter what other people say and no matter how much people bring you down no matter how many supposedly haters that you have you're gonna feel quite happy with where that place that you're in because you'll find yourselves like you'll find yourselves at home with your family you know at the beginning of this podcast I wanted to tell you a bit about my artist journey and how I got to becoming passionate about art and I was really through doing art academically and realizing that it was more than just it was more than just any other subject. Like I found a strong connection to it. And I found that strong connection through trying hard at every single thing that I did. Like I had philosophy, history, English literature and art as my levels. And I cannot write to save my life. But through doing all those activities that I was not good at and trying my best at everything, I found a little happy medium. My happy medium, as cheesy as it sounds, turned out to be graphite. I mean graphite in the sense of that material that you use when you draw. (laughs) If anyone was confused, um, it's not some Power Rangers kind of thing, like with magical powers. It's just a thing that turns a bit silver in the light. And... I became passionate about it because I really respected the process of just sitting down and doing 
the work that needed to be done to get the details in. And if you can get the details in, and if you can create that magical kind of experience, it's kind of half magical because on one side it's really routinely and boring, but on the other side, you're always experimenting. It's never the same moment, even though it feels kind of repetitive sometimes. And there's always an element of imagination that goes into it. Even if it feels like you're at a stop point and you're having a little creative block, you're never you're never really truly stuck because you're working to get out. There's someone there's someone within yourself telling you that you have to get out. And I think even that voice within you telling yourself that you have to move on, you have to keep on going and that you have to survive this quicksand of whatever you're going through is what will ultimately see you to creating a manifestation or even money out of your career as a creative or as an artist or as whatever you want to be if you're listening and that's the thing as well paralysis can be really scary when you're in that quicksand moment and you feel like you're sinking in to society and into a dangerous zone you just have to remember that there will be your own voice to bring you out of it like think of your voice as like this spiritual kind of ghostly little presence (laughs) that's trying to help you through all these hard times and we're our own best friends we're the only ones who can really take care of ourselves my friend was telling me this earlier today we're the only ones who can really take care of ourselves because when you're alone at night and there's no one else around you you're the one who is in your own head speaking to yourselves and some people they like to ignore that little voice in their head that little stream of consciousness that you sit by um you know and they ignore the voice in their head because it tells them scary thoughts that they don't really want to confront and confronting those thoughts is the first step so we just really need to spend some time alone and the reason why we need to spend time alone is because if we don't spend that time alone those thoughts they won't go away those thoughts are gonna sit by you they're gonna nag at you they're gonna be a little monkey on your back (laughs) so we need to recognize those thoughts for what they are and then remove them slowly one by one all those past traumas that's kind of the first step that's actually what i should have been saying at the beginning that's the first step we need to confront our thoughts um but once we've done that we can really start on our journeys and into our passions and starting to create little habits that change us and we can do that not even from starting from the passion but maybe if you're in a really depressed state just like creating a little movement 
So if you're lying in bed, maybe just like get off, do a little shake, do a little dance. If dance is too much for you, maybe like turn around and like <laughs> to the other side of the bed and like roll over and like get some water or something. And I think through doing that, it's really a form of really appreciating yourself and um, showing yourself that yes I can move I can get up and then after that through those little movements every day through feeding yourself um, taking a shower more than that through reading through enjoying little moments in life and more than that through doing what you're passionate about you can really create something magical and beautiful and precious and something that you won't regret. That's the thing, you won't regret it 100%. I'm telling you, if you go after what you go after, you're not going to look back and think, why did I try? You're going to think, thank God I tried. Even if you fail, even if you fail a couple of times, even if you have one big failure and you decide not to start again, that failure might lead you to somewhere else and in a couple of years time you might not even recognize that as a failure anymore you might see that as a success and that's really what I want this podcast to be about it's just little things that we can do to thrive and succeed on so that's all I really wanted to say today I've been pacing for quite a while now in the past and I think everyone's starting to think I'm a little crazy or maybe I'm just perceiving them as thinking I'm crazy because I'm talking to a phone but then I just realized that some people have conversations on their phone okay so I'm a little bit shy for doing this in public but it was really fun to talk today and to voice my opinions and everything that I have to say in life and the world and how the world and the sky and the trees and the flowers are all perfectly aligned (laughs) I'm joking Uh, okay this isn't going to be some positivity bullshit um podcast it's going to be more genuine it's going to be my life experiences and how I've grown and what I've learned and true things that I think are universally true so I hope you enjoyed it Thank you. Please do check out my website, nagelino.com. Also check out my Instagram at Nagelino Artist. That's at Nagelino Artist. <laughs> In case you didn't get that. If there's a possibility to write a description below because I didn't check that first, I will write in the descriptions every site and stuff that I can be linked to. Maybe my Etsy store. That would be pretty cool if you can buy some of my art. Everyone likes the art to be sold. Okay, so have a nice day, have a nice life, and stay wealthy and healthy and not a rich bitch. Bye!